This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It At Home. Greetings, everyone. Today, we are speaking with Megan Hebenstreet. Megan lives in Austin, Texas with her husband, Ian, and her two daughters, Amelia and Macy, both of whom were born at home, although different homes because they had a move in between, but both home birth babies. And Megan has an amazing realness to her. She tells it like it is. There's no um, guessing. And I just love how straightforward she is with her process of knowing that she was interested in home birth from a young age to knowing that's what she was going to do when she was pregnant, how she dealt with some resistance from family members when she shared that's what she'd be doing, to then how she retells her stories. And they're so different, which is really cool, you know, that one woman can have different birth experiences from one baby to the other. And uh, I just I just love how she shows up in the in the realm of home birth moms and families. She's basically a badass and I'm really excited for you to learn from her and just listen to her stories and how how awesome she is. So let's listen uh, to Megan. Hey Megan, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? We are awesome. Great talking to you, Meg, and thank you so much for carving out some time to hang out with us this morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, yes. So let's kick it off with just tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, we really like putting faces to the home birth experience. So tell us a little bit about you, your family. Okay. Um, I'm 31. I live in Austin, Texas. My family and I have lived here for two years uh, this winter. Um, my family is my husband, Ian, myself, and we have two daughters, Amelia, who will be four in March, and Macy, who is 20 months old. Um, and we have a slew of animals as well, a dog, three cats, um, and that's us. <laughs> nice. You got a full house. Yeah. I love it how you say in your, your Instagram, because you, you and I have been Instagram buddies for a while, as, as we talked about earlier, and it says uh, a zoo, a small zoo. <laughs> yeah. Love it. We can somewhat relate with our two pups. It feels like a zoo. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> cool. Um, so how, how home birth, how and why home birth for you? 
Um, I actually knew I would give birth at home when I was in high school. Really? I, oh, wow. I babysat a lot, and uh, one of the families I babysat for was a big family. They had five kids yeah. total, and one of them was, the last one was an accident. Um, their kids were a bit older, and um, so I had no idea how they welcomed their other kids at the time, but then when Abby was born, we went to visit, and they said, oh, yeah, I gave birth at home. It was wonderful, and I was like, oh, I, you know, I didn't actually know people do that. I just knew I wasn't super into hospitals, um, and then it just clicked for me then, like, okay, people do this. Okay. Obviously, it was very far off from me having my own children, but the idea was there. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow, that's, that's that's really cool. cool. Yeah, and that that you had that idea and was bouncing around your head early on. Yeah. Wow. So then, yeah. when you decided to start having babies, when you decided to you know start the pregnancy journey, mm-hmm. is that something you let your husband know right off the bat? Like, hey, this is something I very much see for myself. You know, where are you at? How was that process? He knew that. I think we had watched the business of being born when we were married, but, you know, years before we had kids. So mm-hmm. it was a seed that grew over time. And um, at that point, you know, some of my friends already had kids. So some gave birth at hospitals. Um, but one of them had given birth at home the year before. And I had connected with other women, um, you know, not like close friends, but knew them and was social media friends with them that gave birth at home and did breastfeeding. So it was just something I was, you know, familiar with. Okay, cool. And what about, so, you know, you had this, this idea from from a younger age that that is what you saw for yourself. What about it really appealed to you, you know, from what you saw in that family that you babysat? What really resonated with you? Um, that family was just a super happy family. Like their mm-hmm. life was kind of messy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> messy. And the kids were kind of, you know, free range, but they just were so happy, you know, kind of makes me like tear up, you know, because that's something like that. That's just what you want for your family, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. be happy. So it just was different than really any other family I had been around. Mm, that's powerful. That's amazing. Are you yeah. still in touch with them or do you, do you keep tabs on them? You know what? I'm not really, but I 
I should contact her. So mm. I'm sure they still live in the same house in Mission Viejo, and um, I'm sure she's on social media. So yeah. <sighs> That's that's awesome. So, you know, here you are. You seemed pretty clear and resolute in your decision, which I think is awesome because I, I found that, you know, there's a, a whole wide range of how we come to decide on home birth and maybe for how long we've known it's for us. You know, some who never think it's a possibility for themselves and then on the other end, ones who just who know it's for them. Um so you had some time to kind of think about this process for you, but once it became a reality and you were pregnant, what kind of response did you get from people around you? Was it, you know, did they just know that's what you were doing and it was expected or did you experience some resistance? I think some people knew, but I'm pretty private. So okay. I don't really talk about it a whole lot. I don't share it openly you know I don't like to push what I believe in on other people so you know home birth is for me I, I don't care what other people do you know mm-hmm. yeah it, it makes no difference to me um, so uh, when I found out I was pregnant with Amelia my parents were visiting us in Colorado and um, I told them right away and my dad said something like only an, an idiot would give birth at home mm. Um. His mom was uh, a nurse like in the labor and delivery unit. She was there when my brother was born. Um, and I don't know, you know, what the situation was then. Um, but he said something happened with my brother and she saved his life. Mm. That's, you know, fantastic. But anyways, I, I just kind of said, okay, well, this is what we're doing. And that was that. <laughs> it was, wasn't really a big open conversation. They, she knew to respect my decision and I, I got a lot of resistance you know my parents and my grandmother would say um you know I don't think you have a really high pain tolerance I don't I, I just don't wow. know wow. um or you know if what another friend said something like I I just before I was pregnant I don't think I can support that I don't think that's safe um but she had a has a history of um miscarriage Mm-hmm. So I understand that perspective and I respect that. Um, but essentially I got a lot of resistance. And how did that you No, that had no effect on me. Oh, I knew what I was doing. So that was my, that yeah. was my next question. Yeah. How did you sit with that? And so you, you were, you were quite certain and so it didn't really phase you. Yeah. I mean, I essentially know my body. Capability. I think birth is a very natural thing. There's nothing to fear. At no point was I afraid of the process, regardless of how painful it may or may not be. Um, I I knew what I could do, and I found a fantastic midwife that I was fully confident and comfortable with. That's amazing. And what I love about that, it sounds like a a really awesome lesson for for listeners or current or future moms. Um, It sounds like you heard where people were coming from, despite it not incepting into you. You know, you didn't take that Mm -hmm. on as your belief or your truth, but you were able to look at it relative to where they were coming from. So in the case Uh of your parents, you know, they had the paradigm in the context of your grandmother and, you know, your friend and what she she had experienced. Like you could see that and kind of almost Uh respect that in a way, 
but not wear it on yourself. Exactly. Yes. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's, that's cause I mean, it's not going to end there, right? That's what I've learned. I mean, through pregnancy, now you have a baby and once you have a baby, everyone's going to insert all kinds of opinions on that. Like it doesn't stop from pregnancy and birth. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. You just, you do you and it just swept off everything else. Yeah. So what did you do for you? What did you do for yourself um, as you prepared and through your pregnancy or pregnancies, you know, what were some things that you um, did to prep for the experience? Um, You know, I really, I didn't do a whole lot lot I had my prenatal care okay. and um I have hyperemesis so I'm terribly sick for the first 20 weeks at uh, the first time and I was really sick the whole time with my second pregnancy um so for me giving birth is like an absolute breeze it is the best part of the whole thing being wow. pregnant was you know truly brutal for the first half and rough for 40 weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. Oops, one second. Oh. Sorry, I lost my headphones there for a second. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> no problem. Um, so what, what did I do to prepare? Um, my midwife would go over with me a lot, you know, the possible duration of birth. You know, being a first-time mom, so she said it's very common for it to be over 24 hours. Prepare for that. Right. Um, Do not tell anyone when you go into labor. You don't want people contacting you. Um, You don't want people hammering you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I did. I took those points of advice. Um, I really like that advice to go in on that for a second. That was my midwife shared the same thing with me. And, you know, a lot of what we're programmed in movies and and the general narrative is that once you start going into labor, a baby is going to arrive very shortly after. And, you know, if you let people know that that process has started, you know, you just said you can get the texts, the calls, the this and that. And because, you know, people just expect, especially if you're in a hospital, you may not labor for a super long time in a hospital because they're going to move you along more likely than not mm-hmm. and want to get you out of there. But, uh, you know, if you're going home birth style, it could be a while. And it's yeah. it's a lot more helpful, in my opinion, to the process to be without all of that um, commentary and questioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really, it's, to get birth at home, is it's a very hands-on experience. You know, mm-hmm. there's no way... I could be text messaging people or talking on the phone. It was, you know, I was with the first birth on my hands and knees pretty early on with each contraction and in my own world, you know, I could not be doing anything else. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how was the process of, um, you know, you said it was a breeze. What was that like when you realized labor was beginning for both births? What, you know, what happened? How did it um, initiate or what were you experiencing? It was a breeze in context of versus vomiting. Right. 20 and 40. So yeah. That's essentially what I'm <laughs> I can I can be like in, you know, pain or whatever for 24 hours. That just does not compare to 40 weeks of fitness. Sure. Um, 
So with the first one, I woke up um, at four o'clock in the morning and lost my mucus plug. Um, and my back hurt, you know, immediately. I had back labor with the first birth. And my husband and I you know, my, let my midwife know. Um, and we took, we had two dogs at the time. We took them for a walk. We walked for 45 minutes or an hour in our neighborhood. And I had to stop, you know, a couple of times, but I, you know, did that. And um, I took a bath. I called my friend Kimmy was my doula um, to let her know. She came first. She came over at about 11 a.m. Um, and she essentially had to, she's a strong woman. She had to push and rub my back as hard as she could the whole time. And when my midwife, Jen, made her take a break, because again, 20, you know, 24 hours is a long time. She came at 11 a.m. My daughter was born at 3 a.m. Mm. for 23 hours. Um, my midwife was a, is a really small woman. Um, when she had to like rub my back, I, was, I didn't want to yell at her. <laughs> <laughs> this is useless. This is not helping. Um, I, I'm on the phone, Katie. I'm on the phone call. Um, so that was basically back labor the whole time. Um, and that was my first birth. The second one, um, I, I wasn't sleeping well for like a week or two every single day. I thought, is this it? You know, I had mm. really strong contractions where I had to stop in the house. Um, but anyways, I finally woke up May 14th. Same thing, like some mucus plug. And then my second birth was only seven hours. Mm. Um, so it was fast and furious. We tried to go for a walk, and it was short, and I have to get back home. I'm, I'm losing it, you know. Here, yeah. here we go. Um, so that the difference in them, too, was the first one I was silent, basically the whole birth until transition. Um, this one, I was screaming at the top of my lungs with every contraction. Like I thought my body was going to blow up. Wow. It was so intense. Wow. Isn't that amazing how, this, you know, same woman can have completely different birthing experiences from one child to the next. That fascinates yeah. me. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And so for the second birth um, with Maisie, did you have the same midwife and same doula or what was I the team I did not. Like? <laughs> we, we moved. We moved oh, from Denver right. to Austin. So unfortunately, no, my beloved midwife, I had to switch. And uh, my friend, you know, wasn't moving with us. So <laughs> I didn't have her. Um, luckily, my husband knew the second time around. He was helpful, president. Um but no, I had to pick a midwife kind of on a whim at 28 weeks pregnant. So that was, that was a bummer. Okay. Um, yeah. And how did and you, how with, did you relate to that and move through that? You know, like kind of a bummer, like what, how did you process and, and just make that the, the best you could to integrate it into your experience? Yeah, it, it was sad. And looking back, you know, I chose midwives. I, in, I interviewed them once, um, it was a group of three, but then they had stuff going on. Uh, one of them was ill, so it ended up being two. Um, but they were a little bit disorganized at first, reasonably so, but, you know, being 28-plus weeks pregnant, it 
wasn't pleasant for me. Um, and they just, they were not a perfect fit for me. So it was hard to go from the fantastic midwife the first time to just not, you know, not a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. The first one really pushed me to eat better. She introduced me to attachment parenting, opened up the concept of, you know, you breastfeed for longer than 12 months. She only works with people that plan to breastfeed for at least a year um, because that's how strongly she believes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So I, I just, you know, kind of dealt with it. I thought, like, it's, again, you know, my body knows what it's doing. Mm-hmm. capable of assisting me, but... Um, I, like an example was I, I said, you know, I don't like to be spoken to at all while I'm giving birth. Do not, do not speak to me. Right. <laughs> and, you know, she spoke a couple, one of them spoke a couple of times and, you know, for most people it's no big deal, but for me it's like, I want to gouge your eyeballs out. I mean, <laughs> don't speak to me. Don't speak to me. Okay. Um, you know, with, especially when it's like that intense. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of rules, but that was one. Right, so. right, absolutely. So, I think standards course, are totally like cool. To be helpful, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. She was saying like you're almost there, something, but still, just yeah, not not necessary for me. So, yeah. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you talk about this trust of your body, which I love. How did that play out for you in both of your your labors and in transition? Like, mm-hmm. what what was going on for you? How were you relating to contractions or waves? What what was going in your on in your mind? Um, the first time you get it was I could have done that for forty eight hours. I mean, it was it very intense, but I had the support I needed. I had my friends rubbing my back the life flow, you know, that was essentially all I needed. Um, the second time I did think, I think my body is going to blow up. Oh my gosh. Mm. And I did, you know, question for a second, like, could I go to the hospital? How could we end it? Mm. Like, you know, not fully serious in my mind, just like, okay. I definitely conducted this for 24 hours. I hope this is, you know, short-lived. Right. Um, but I was, you know, in in and out of the shower. Um, and 
I I was doing squats with the second bird, mm. so I knew like okay I'm able to be like active, and I was just visualizing down and out, down mm. and out, down and out, and also screaming in my head, get out of my body, get mm. out of my body, get out of my body. Um, so those things helped. Right, right, and um, what? What was it like um, once both babies were born? Like, what was going on? What, where, how were you? How were you positioned? Yeah. How was your body? Um, I was, by the time both were born, I was laying down. So okay. The first one I had been laying down, I had to push for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, so I was laying down for the whole time. And the second one, um, at the end, in transition, um, I was laying down. I could no longer squat. <laughs> to mm. the and I had to have someone kind of like hold me um, again, because I thought my body was going to explode. Um, so then a midwife and my husband moved me onto the bed and with my second birth, I only had to push for, you know, two pushes and she was out. Um, but for me with both, I was not, you know, I was not crying. I wasn't emotional. I was so exhausted mm. at that point. I was holding my baby and was relieved, but I was not, you know, like emotional in those moments. Mm -hmm. It was just relief to be done. Yeah. Oof. And then what, um, what was the initial postpartum experience like for you at home? Like in that first day, mm-hmm. you know, getting to be at home, you didn't have to be transported anywhere. You could eat your own food, shower in your own space. Like what was that like being able to stay at home right after birth? I actually did have to be transported with the first. Okay. Um, I tore severely. Mm. Um, and in Colorado, the state law is, a midwife cannot suture you. Um, okay. And I think she would have tried, but it was so severe. Right. She called for help, and it, um, that just, it was not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I lost a lot of blood. Right. So, um, but I was very calm the whole time. My midwife is extremely calm. The hospital was one mile away from that house. Um, so it was just no... Really treated. I don't feel like no big deal. She didn't minimize it. She said we have to, you know, have to go. We have this has to be sutured within six hours to heal properly. So we had time. You know, my, I held my baby. I nursed her. Um, it wasn't a huge rush. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, the hospital was a mile away. Went there, had that dealt with. I held my baby. My husband held her. You know, I was not admitted or anything. Okay. And then was home a few hours later. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah. Um, so for me, the, the the pregnancy is hard, and then the postpartum was not easy for me both times. Right. Um, the first recovery with that was um, pretty, pretty rough. It was... Mm-hmm several months long it was basically for me the equivalent of having hyperemesis all over again because Mm. it was kind of months of you know I can't walk well Mm. um I got hemorrhoids really really severely Mm -hmm. um so it was 
not pleasant. Luckily, this, with the second one, um, I tore very minimally. I didn't require stitches. Um, but I still, you know, I used to, like, sometimes see these women. One of my friends just gave birth, and four days after, she walked to my house. I'm, like, thinking, I, I can't walk. <laughs> I'm yeah. in bed for two weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. And one, I think the body needs that. I think it is a very big event. While I believe, for me, it's not a medical event, it is, you know, my body grew a human and then pushed a human out, and I require a lot of rest <laughs> after sure. that. Sure. I totally agree. And, and my experience was a little similar. Um, you know, I, I tore as well. Um, I was able to be sutured at home, which was nice. Um, but yeah, like I couldn't walk for like at least two days and just going out into the driveway, maybe about 15 feet, Matthew holding me and then walking back into the house was like a marathon as far as I was concerned. And I think that didn't even happen until day three or four. Um, and I remember just, thinking like no one told me it would be like this like no one told me it could be this um you know in the aftermath of it like I'm done like let my body get a break (laughs) yeah exactly yeah wow um that's amazing you're you're awesome (laughs) (laughs) when you um look back at the experiences of your of your pregnancies and your births is there something that you like wish you knew then that you didn't or maybe would have done a little bit differently when you think about it now? Um, the only thing I could think of, um, really I wouldn't do anything differently. Um, I wish I could have afforded like a birth photographer or a videographer I didn't have when we lived in Denver, you know, we didn't have family there. Mm. So I didn't have extra hands that could possibly videotape it or take pictures. So we have like, you know, very poor resolution pictures. Right. Um, so should we have a third at some point, I would invest in that. I, I can see that too. You know, after, after Maya's birth, you know, we did have some people who were able to take photos. Um, at the same time, when I look back at them, which I do all the time, I love to, I'm like, oh, I wish there was more. Or I wish like I got, we got yeah. this angle or I got, I, this part was an uninterrupted video instead of like being chopped up the way that it is. Mm-hmm. I, um, because it, maybe it was like this for you too, when you're in it, like you're in it, but then when you get to see parts of it, you might remember things that you like, oh yeah, that happened. Or just to see yeah. yourself from that perspective, I think yeah. is a really powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then what, in looking back into your planning process as well, was, was there anything like a resource or a person that was really instrumental in your, in your process? Was there something that really helped you? Um, really? Just by midwife. If anyone's mm. in the Denver area, Jen Anderson Tarver, she's a <laughs> phenomenal woman, so fantastic. She really just her presence was so calming and giving birth is I mean, so empowering. Mm. There is nothing I've done in my life aside from giving birth at home that has made me think I am the most amazing woman in the world. <laughs> um Yeah. So no, like I, I didn't take any 
class. I didn't read some book that, you know, changed my life as far as homework goes. It was just, you know, my own heart, my own mind, mm-hmm. body and soul that was the force behind it. That's that's awesome. And then, I, you know, I want to segue as we, as we kind of wrap up here and come to a close. What's some advice you would have um, for a mom, family, planning their first home birth experience? Really enjoy it. I mean, it's so, again, it's so empowering. It's amazing, really beautiful, um, very calming to be able to welcome your child in your state, you know, to me, my home, my home is pretty messy because I have two little kids, but (laughs) (laughs) it's still to me cleaner than a hospital. Um, you know, just very peaceful. You know, my, my husband caught my first daughter, his hand was first to touch her and place her on me. Um, with the second birth, my husband was kind of holding my body. So it like, um, caught her and placed her on me, but just again, it's so peaceful to not have your baby, you know, taken away or poked, prodded, you know, so I goop on their eyes, just, mm. just calmness, togetherness. Um, and I did think of a resource I enjoy. I follow a lot of midwives on Instagram. So I see birth kind of, you know, every single day mm-hmm. and stories of birth. So uh, my advice to a family preparing to welcome a baby would be to surround yourself with positive birth stories and positive birth experiences. Because of course there's, there's negative stories for anything in life, but don't, don't let that get a hold of you. And uh, for me too, I never refer to birth as labor because that is, that word is work and negative. I always say birth. Mm -hmm. Birthing at home. This is, my birth story, birth, 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 not labor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we called it birthing time. You know, birthing time has begun and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, Megan, you are amazing. I am so excited to share your story with everyone and for everyone to pull all sorts of strength and inner wisdom and confidence in their decision-making process and in how they move through less than awesome or less than pleasant physical or emotional experiences. I think you're a really great example of what you said, surrounding with the positive, understanding that some of the negative is going to pop up, but having a full enough tank in that positive area to, you know, take care of whatever's going to come up and to just keep moving forward. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I'm so happy and excited for you and um, Amelia, Macy, Ian, and your whole zoo to just be living this life. I think you're that happy family, you know, that you talked about at the beginning. I think that's beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, And I know Matthew is super grateful as well to have been able to chat with you. He is uh, dealing with a a baby Maya right now, Um, so he won't be here for the wrap-up. But I know he appreciates you and your time um, just as I do. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to include a link to your Instagram, if that's cool, in the show notes for your your episode because I think – all those moms can get some really great healthy tips from you on um, 
food yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Every time I look at your Instagram, I just want to eat whatever it is that's on there. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Um, so thank you. Thank you a thousand times. And um, go enjoy that beautiful family. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Sarah. Okay, bye. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.